seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 228 of Color of Magic, your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Power Dragon, and still residing in Texas and surviving because it's not too hot yet. Got my main man, Brian Sonic. How's it going? <laughs> it was, I think, 40 on Sunday, and today it was 80, so it's typical stuff. Yep. We haven't come close today. We've been about 50s here, so we're, we're still doing all right, but... It's coming up. It's coming up. It'll be warm before too long. I, I do get to go to, uh, I guess, a balmy winter in Chicago this weekend. <laughs> so we'll see how that. Hey, I'm happy it's not like minus 12 in Chicago in February. Right. Like, that was that my real concern when they first announced it. Easily. Yeah. So right now, I think it's going to be between like the lows are going to be like 25 and the highs will be between 38 and 40. So. You still get normal a winter in most places happening until like probably middle of baseball season. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, not too upset part. about that. <laughs> but yeah, before we knock everything out, cause man, we got to cover a lot. There's some lying issues in gaming this week. We've got stuff, a cool tribute thing. Wizards is doing just like you name it. There's a lot to talk about, but before we get into it, be sure to check out our friends over at CoolStuffInc.com. Use code DRAGON to save 5% on your order. And remember, that's good for everything. It doesn't even have to just be magic stuff. And if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon.com slash Color Magic, and you can get a shout-out just like Brody McHale. So thank you so much for being a patron for a while now, actually. So thank you for that. And you can go to colorofmtg.com slash shop if you want to get some sweet gear as well. So let's talk about our lead story. Because this this was a thing that should have been just totally positive. And of course, some people had to mess it up. <laughs> there's, there's always somebody. But for those who don't know, we talked about it a couple months ago when Sheldon Mennery passed, who was a close friend of mine and, you know, uh, really important person to the magic community, the godfather of commander. And they were already working on a tribute for him because he's had cancer for a while. Everybody knew. Now, a lot of people didn't know how bad it was. Only a handful of us really knew, but they wanted to do something nice because, you know, just in case, right. They didn't know. So they were already in the works of working on this, this uh, secret layer. That was a tribute thing, but obviously he passed. So they're like, Hey, we got to make sure we get this done, get all the art commissioned, whatever. And the cool thing was to promote it, it was on the um, Commander Advisor Group's channel, the well, the Rules Committee's channel, because they do a thing where they invite people on and they play commanders. So they previewed it there. And then there was a whole video that went out that one of the uh, committee members actually put together with voiceovers from other committee members, which is really cool. So, you know, there was like they'd show the card and there was like a quote and they read it and, you know, kind of went to the next person and they read the quote and whatever. So just voiceovers with some really cool art and music or whatever. Just a nice piece. And they put it together, edit it, everything. Which is cool. You kind of let a bunch of people close to them put the package together. Which was awesome. Overwhelmingly positive. I would say 99% positive, probably, from what I saw. But of course there was a couple of knuckleheads that had to chime in and be like, ah, oh, I can't imagine why they do this with AI and blah, blah, blah. And immediately we're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like... It's actual art, like from artists. 
and the voiceovers are all actual commander committee members. Like what? Like people are just saying stuff now. Like if something even looks remotely off, instead of doing their research, they just go, "Well, it's obviously AI." And like to me, that just tells you how bad this is going to get in the future, because people already can't tell the difference. And I was like, "Okay, here we go." But fortunately, that got stamped out pretty quickly, especially with people chiming in and saying, hey, dude, these are the people that actually did it, right? Just so you know, these are all actual humans. So that got shut down pretty quick. Then the next negative thing that popped up was people complaining about Wizards not just giving all the money they're going to make from this to the charity. Because that's the other part of it is that Wizards said directly, 50% of the sales, not of the profits, 50% of the sales are going to go to, I believe it's the American Cancer Society, but to to a cancer charity. And regardless of what happens, the minimum they're going to donate is $250,000. And I was like, okay. They did, like, 50% of profits is one thing. Of like saying, hey, we're getting half the profits. And, from and that's what plenty of companies do is 50% of profits. <laughs> yeah, they said 50% of sales, which means of their other 50% that comes in, they still have to check it, pay for artists, the printing costs, the shipping, any promotion around it, whatever, right? So they're still going to make money, but it's probably going to be like probably in that like 15-ish percent range than a real 50% profit that they would normally make or whatever. So, yeah, because this isn't a Fallout or, or a Final Fantasy type thing. They don't know who's going to buy this. And if, and if we believe the people who have said that because it's not all given to charity, they won't buy it. If we take them at their word, then yeah, there's not not going to be supposedly huge profits. Yeah, and that that's a little silly anyway, because the argument I have is this. If that bothers you and you really care, and this is with any company, right? If it bothers you and you really care about donating to the cause, that they are going to give the money to just go straight to the cause and give them your whole pile of money, right? Don't pay wizards $40 knowing that 20 of it's going to the charity and you get some product. Just go give the $40 to your cancer charity of your choice. That doesn't have to be the same organization. It could be a local one if you want to, or whatever, like go give it to who you want, but to look at a company and say, okay, I want you to donate my whole $40, but I also want you to give me a thing just doesn't make sense. Like whoever the company is, right? Like you're saying like, okay, basically I want you to pay me and reward me for giving $40 to the charity. Cause that's basically what's happening in their scenario. Right. That just, it just doesn't make sense. Like that's just not realistic. They do need to cover cost at a minimum for again, the production distribution, whatever of this thing that you're getting. I don't think that's unreal, honestly. And it's pretty much say, industry standard. Yeah, exactly. It's a standard. And for saying, hey, no matter what happens, we're giving a quarter of a million dollars minimum. So I don't know how many units that is you need to sell at 50% or whatever. I didn't do the math. And if you don't but, know, I certainly don't. But I mean, it's still a lot, though. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands they have to sell. Yeah. And they're still going to give $250,000. So the American okay. Cancer Society is per perfectly happy with that deal. Yeah, so I'm like, what's what's the problem? Like, it's a big pile of money. If a bunch of people buy it and that covers their donation, then great. And everybody got a cool tribute piece that they're going to be playing in their decks and carrying around to events and whatever. 
I mean, I'm going to buy several because I'm going to save some for giveaways. I might do something fun or special with one of them. So, like, I'm probably going to buy, like, three or four. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people that buy, like, ten of them or whatever, you know. So, they may or may not get their number. I don't know. But, yeah. This is one where I'm not going to complain if you buy ten of them because, again, charity. I mean, the Black is Magic ones, I think I bought four. I think I bought two. No, I bought five. I bought three regular ones and two foil ones. And I use them as giveaways and other fun stuff or whatever. So, like, why not? But, yeah, it, it's weird to just be mad about that. Like, this is a positive thing. It's Honestly, I would love to be in a situation where I do something important enough or care enough to people that they want to make a tribute thing. You know, that, and knowing that, this is a tribute thing that people are going to have for ever, practically. Probably, at minimum, for decades that they're going to play in their decks and show off in their binders or whatever. So, like, that in and of itself is already cool. And we're helping other people fight cancer. Like, I can't be mad about it. And they even said, this isn't going to be pre-produced. This is going to be made to order. So everybody can get whatever they want. It's going to be open for one month. So you'll have a four-week window. So pay periods, whatever, don't matter. Like, this is is like the ideal way to do this, as far as I'm concerned. Other than just saying, we're going to give 100% of the profits to the charity. Like literally be the only difference. Almost nobody does that. Yeah. But even then they're giving such a big chunk of the money, which is probably going to end up being like, I don't know if I did the math probably ends up being like 65 to 70% of the profits anyway, maybe 80% is going to end up going there anyway. So like, whatever, <laughs> like seems fine, but yeah, I, it's a cool thing. Uh, it's on their secret layer site. You can just search secret layer magic in Google. It'll take you right to the site. Uh, the preview is up right now. I don't think it goes live until the end of the month. I think next week. So then it'll be up, like I said, for four weeks. You can order it. I believe the regular version, I think, is $40. And the foil version is going to be $49, I think, if I remember right. So kind of in line with a lot of the other stuff. It's just a special piece. And you're getting to donate some money. So why not? And as you talked about, like the the commander committee worked on, I understand uh, Sheldon helped uh, design some of it yeah. himself. And as somebody that, that has worked in journalism for decades, believe you just anybody anybody that has ever been sick or anybody that is getting up there in years, we have already at minimum ridden their opiate. If they're getting a tribute, that's probably that's already kind of been worked out. Also, that's part of the job is these are the things you have to do when somebody that has contributed to whatever community when they pass. And we all know that no no matter what we have done for our various communities, all of us are going to go at some point. So it's just part of the thing that actually one of the papers I worked at, uh, and this isn't uncommon either. The the people that that did our obituary department, the lady had already written her own obituary and saved it to the computer. That's just, that's pretty effed up, but hilarious. But because <laughs> again, she wanted to make sure it was done right, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, you know, making sure that nobody leaves out any facts you want in there. Exactly. Like you just give it to a family member and say, "Print this." <laughs> and, and like you said, we should all be so lucky to live a life like Sheldon, where people want to, you know, commemorate us and, and remember us that way. For sure, you got to pay people their flowers, you know. But all right, let's hop into the soapbox. We got a couple things. 
my first one here is and 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 again i talk to creators regularly i have a discord with a couple of creators so some topics just come up sometimes i'm like you know this is something we should talk about on the show and this one and again i'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus i always try to use myself as an example when i can but there are people who show up in your mentions in your dms on your timeline, on your YouTube comments, making, we'll say politely, suggestions, <laughs> sometimes more forceful than they need to be. Yeah. Some people making requests of you or whatever, which isn't bad. But when you start looking into it and go, huh, I'm not familiar with this person. And you notice they don't follow you. They're not subscribed to you. You know, they, they're they not a follower on, on Twitter, on Twitch, you know, and even worse, you can see all the other people they follow. You can see all the other people they're subscribed to. And you start to have to ask yourself, okay, well, if you like those other people enough to support them, why are you not making these suggestions or requests of them? Right? Because... A follow or a subscribe, just clicking a button, that's the free, easy thing you can do for somebody. Like, that don't cost you nothing. Other than, hell, I was going to say the second, but it wouldn't even take a second to click a button, honestly. Right. Like, it, it costs you a second at most to just go, yeah, this person's cool. Let me go ahead and make sure I subscribe to this person or that I follow. Hell, now, there's a little thing on YouTube. You can even see how long some people subscribe to you if you have the right, like, oh, wow. uh, Chrome extensions. So I have one That's I can cool. see that somebody like, oh, you've been subscribed for 11 months. Cool. So we can see all this stuff if we want to see it, y'all. Like you coming on and saying like, oh, well, you should do this or I, I'd like to see this from you or whatever. It's like, okay, cool. And I'm not saying you should be ignored. But if you don't in any way, you're not a patron, you're not a YouTube member, you are not a subscriber on, on Twitch, you don't follow them on Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook. What is their motivation to follow through on your requests? Now, there is one person who apparently had mentioned this to somebody said, well, if you did that, then I'd be more inclined to follow you. I'm like, well, yeah, but these other people ain't done nothing, but you're following them. <laughs> right. So, like, what's the benefit of this person you're coming to making this like and what is you inclined? Could, like you said, it takes a second to press the button. You're more be more inclined to press the button. What? Yeah. And here's the thing: you could even be shady about it and just be like, "I'm gonna click subscribe or follow or whatever," and then I'm gonna make a comment. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. In a hurry, they may not even notice that you just did that today. Like you know? I'd be more inclined to listen to you if you were a follower or a supporter. Or yeah, whatever. and then you could literally probably just unsubscribe or unfollow whatever later. But it's the fact that you didn't even do the minimal amount of work, yet you want to be forceful in making these suggestions or requests of these people. Like, yeah, there's probably a reason some creators don't care what you say. And it sounds rude, but it's true. Right? Especially when we can... And, and honestly, I'm going to be real for a second. When I notice you don't follow me or whatever, and you've shown up a couple of times making requests, and I do the deep dive on you, and I see all the ne'er-do-wells that you follow <laughs> like i'm even less inclined to do so so i'm just saying like know your audience as well right know who you're making a request of 
Because you know as I do, you start looking and you're like, oh, you follow this questionable person, you follow this site and that's bad, you do. Mm. It's it's always, or I would say always, it's usually a, a a bad idea or something that doesn't fit the content that you do. Because you know, like that's most content creators, too. you know, if you if you come up with a good idea, yeah, I absolutely will consider doing it. But so many times, an idea that has it's you know out of complete left field has nothing to do with any other content on the channel or the podcast or what have you. That's fair because there and there is some logic to that. Like if somebody who has been a follower of yours for a while, and let's say one or two people or maybe even three people in this group make this suggestion, then you as a creator look and say, oh, well, these people that follow me, that have followed me for a while, maybe some of their interests are changing or maybe they want to know about this other thing that I'm not doing or whatever. Cool. But when a person who doesn't follow you, that's just basically a stranger shows up and is like, you should do this. That'll make your content better. Or you should cover this instead or whatever. It's like, well, you aren't part of my group that's watching everything and supporting me. So like, what's the motivation as a creator? Like, it's not like it's completely selfish either. Like there's real reasons that if you're not a follower for them to even just want to take this suggestion out of the blue. Like, you know, the thing that's been successful for you, stop talking about that <laughs> and do yeah. this thing that nobody has tested before. Cause like we talked about, I mean, the quad's going to put out what 300 plus pieces of content this year. We're going to do. Oh yeah. I'll probably be closer to 400. Yeah, we're gonna do. I, mean, I tell you, that's just YouTube. If you, yeah. we're gonna do around fifty episodes or more of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do several YouTube videos. My wife's doing YouTube videos, and the kids are YouTube. now, any of us, we're looking for ideas. We love to yep. hear, you know, ideas that fit the thing we're talking. Especially, let's say, like, oh, right now. After football season, oh my God, send me a good idea for, for some kind of Madden thing that's never been done before. Yeah, I would absolutely, because this is the point where we're all like, what, what do we do? The Super Bowl's over. Everything almost has, I wouldn't say almost. At this point, everything's been done. You're like, what? Send me yeah. something interesting. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean, it's just like, just support the people. That's all I'm saying. If you have a creator that you like enough that you want to see them do the thing that you want and you believe in them or whatever, and you think they could do good versions of it, at least just click the follow button, give them a dollar or two on Patreon, like whatever, do the minimum. And then you'll probably get more results. That's all. Anyway, I'm passing the torch. All right. Uh, mine is like, you know, it, it pertains to, to wrestling, but it actually pertains to a whole lot of things and fandoms. And the, the topic we keep talking about actually let people enjoy things. O'Shea Jackson Jr., who's, you know, actor, entertainer, and yes, son of a legendary rapper, actor, and everything, Ice Cube, is also a wrestling fan. And he was talking about how he watches AEW. And sometimes he'll just say on social media, hey, I, I don't know who this person is. Like, can anybody put me on to some of their matches or what have you? And then people will say, how could you not know who XYZ guy is? Well, I'm sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> Just, you know, don't don't attack me. Just tell me why you like this person and I will go watch their matches and do my own research. But could you just, at the beginning, before you attack me, tell me who this person is and why? I, and also, it's okay if you and your friend like different things. 
just because I like AEW or insert, you know, brand of wrestling or TV show here doesn't mean Daquan has to. There's lots of things that Daquan likes that I don't like and vice versa. We're still friends. We, I ain't got to come. How could you not, you know, like such and such show? And it's, don't be. Let people enjoy the thing they enjoy. How boring would it be if we all had the exact same opinion about every TV show, every movie, every everything? It's Dude, I have friends that we share hobbies, like board games or whatever, and we like different games. Yeah. Like, that's fine. It's absolutely yeah. okay. And again, how boring would it be if we all, you'd have, you'd have problems getting a lot of your favorite board games because they'd be all sold out. Everybody wants the same, exact same one. Also, there's some level of promotion too when somebody's reaching out saying, I don't know about this person or this thing or whatever. If you're yeah, a fan, they're trying that's your opportunity to bring them into your circle. Yeah, they like, want to hey, be a fan of this yeah. thing that you like. So encourage them and like, don't. How? I'm just so disappointed in you for not knowing about that game or that person. That doesn't make them want well, to learn like, more about it. There's a level where, in, you know, we talk about this off the air, but like if it's a Taylor Swift or a Beyonce, or whatever, okay, cool. You've at least heard the name, most likely, unless you've right. been living under a rock. So if you want to give the, like, how do you not know on that one? Sure. But if, if it's, it's somebody from, like... Say, Will Osprey is <laughs> an example. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, that's... Wrestling nerds, sure. Average person that watches wrestling maybe once every but, couple but of I months mean, might not Especially know if it's from, like, a mid-tier organization, a mid-tier musician... Somebody who's up and coming. Maybe they've only been big on Spotify, but they haven't had a concert series yet or whatever. If the wrestler that only worked New Japan, you know, they're just a lot they won't. Hell, I watch Hot Ones, right? The show on on YouTube. They bring different celebrities on. They usually have like 18 or so episodes a season or whatever. There's times somebody, a guest gets brought on. I don't know who they are, but they're obviously famous enough to be on Hot Ones. So I go to Google or I have to go to IMDb or whatever. Cause I'm like, I'm not familiar with this person. And I mentioned that to somebody one time and they were just like, well, how do you not know? This person isn't new. They've been doing stuff for 10 years. I'm like, I just discovered this person. There's a lot of celebrities. There's a lot of famous people. Again, I'm somebody that, you know, was an entertainment writer as a living for more than 10 years. And there's still people like, I have no idea who this person is, <laughs> but dude, do you remember when Katy Perry did the Super Bowl? Like, how it's like 10 years ago now. But afterwards, for the next like week, there were people literally, like, unironically on social media going, oh, it's so good that Katy Perry is giving a voice to these new artists like this Missy Elliott chick or whatever. And I'm like, Missy Elliott was like 20 years before Katy Perry. Right. <laughs> but they don't know, right? Because she hadn't done a lot of music up to that point recently. So, like... If you were younger, you probably never listened to any Missy Elliott stuff. And she shows up in the Super Bowl. The true star of that show was Left Shark. Well, yeah, Left Shark and Backpack Kid, obviously. But, like, people were literally just, like, Missy Elliott's downloads shot up for, like, three, four months. Because this whole new audience was just like, who, like, that was a cool song. Who is this person? And then they find out she's got like four albums and they're just that's like, one of the that's one of the reasons right. people do the Super Bowl because you know they don't get paid, but it's a given that you know your your iTunes all whatever you all your streams and all your music are gonna skyrocket because there's always somebody that is hearing you for the first no matter how famous you are. Like you said, Taylor Swift just did it, and or, or not Taylor Swift, but well, you said Katy Perry did it this past year, Usher did it. 
And they're somebody that just heard of Usher. As crazy as that sounds, they're people like, oh, this Usher guy seems kind of cool. Let me see, you know, some of his uh... Dude, there are people that literally knew one song from Usher, and it's because it had Ludacris and Lil John. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and then they found out the rest of his library, and they're like, oh, this was kind of cool. Yeah. I should probably go listen to the rest of the stuff, you right. know? <laughs> I love so, yeah, that Luda I, brought the Afro back too for the Super Bowl. He did. That was great. But yeah, I feel you, man. Like people just have to accept that. Like we don't all roll in the same circles. We don't all know the same things. It's okay for people not to know some stuff. Like, and it's okay don't just for, jump for, on people. Yeah, it's okay for people not to like everything you like, and for you not to like everything they like. You can be friend. You can. You. They can be your significant other. There's there's shows that Tish watches where I'm like, oh, oh, oh heard. what is this? Like, and then she'll watch me watching, you know, wrestling or some other show. I'll be like, yeah, I'm embarrassed to know you right now. But you yep. <laughs> though I will say this, and I'll, I'll leave the soapbox on this though. But like, you know what? Some people hating on Beyonce's country song, but it's kind of good though. <laughs> this is Beyonce. You thought Beyonce was gonna it's put out good. something that wasn't gonna be right? It's Beyonce. Like, I, I literally was like, oh, Beyonce's doing country. Fine, I'll check it out. But then after I listened to it, I was like, yo, that kind of hits, though. <laughs> R&B and country are basically cousins. Oh, yeah. Country, as it was always referred to, as the white man's blues before they started letting, you know, black people, other people sing country. And honestly, and even if you like old-style country, it's that good middle mix, too. Yeah. So you can't even be like, oh, it's too pop-sounding or whatever, because it's kind of not. You're from Houston, Texas, y'all. Yeah. You know she's been all those talent shows she was in before she became Beyonce. You know she has heard 50 million renditions of I Will Always Love You or insert any other country song you can think of. So, yeah. Now we're just waiting for the crossovers. Get the Dolly Parton, Beyonce, whatever, right? Like, we're just waiting for the good features now. When she goes all in, it's done. Right. It's a it's a wrap. <laughs> but all right, let's start talking about what we learned this week. Because I think we both have some interesting things to share. And people are going to enjoy this segment this week. So what do you got? All right. Uh, it is uh, Black History Month. As I'm sure you definitely listen to this podcast. You've uh, heard us talking about various things pertaining to that. And turns out just starting at uh, Activision Blizzard in their... the uh, Johanna, I mean, we probably might master this. Johanna Ferries is the new president of Blizzard Entertainment, and she is a black woman. So, congratulations to her. Uh, before that, she was the general manager of Call of Duty. So, she is obviously insanely qualified to do this. Before that, she worked in marketing for the NFL for about 12 years. And, you know, obviously, NFL's brand is pretty strong. So, yeah, she is clearly more than qualified to do this. We've already seen a couple of the uh, Overwatch YouTubers that I follow mentioned that, hey, they've already seen her follow them on various social media, so she knows what she's doing, already knows who she needs to be following and talking to and whose content I'm sure she's watching to kind of get a feel for what people are saying about Overwatch, World of Warcraft, and all the various, all the numerous insanely popular games under the Activision uh, Blizzard Blizzard uh, umbrella, if you will. So yeah, just, and this is probably, I wouldn't even be surprised, part of the follow-up from all these different major, well, I was going to say court cases, but man, they were debacles, really, that happened over the last two, three years. You know, just like, hey, we're trying to appoint more women. We're trying to be have a more diverse C-suite of staff, right? We're trying to do all this. 
So, and this is another, because this is the second time in the last probably six months we talked about a black woman being in charge of a gaming company or whatever. Yeah, because so, the new president of Xbox, Sarah Bond, also yeah. a black woman. So people are people are understanding, their, and as I said, they are insanely qualified to hold these jobs. They're not just going and getting somebody to check off a box. She is, somebody's been in charge of Call of Duty, and as we know, Call of Duty is crushing it. It has been crushing it for a very long time. And somebody made the, of course, the the typical joke like, does this mean we're going to get Nicki Minaj in Overwatch? Uh, Call of Duty made a bunch of money off of putting that Nicki Minaj skin in the game. So, heck, maybe. Maybe we should, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't, like, I think it's very easy for people to look at this stuff and say, oh, well, they only got it because she's a black woman. They only got it because, but, like, I think the other thing to look at is, you know, like you're saying, this is a person who's had high-profile jobs most of her career. But is it possible these people are only getting these jobs because all this other stuff kind of crumbled and came out? Right? Like, if we don't find out about all these different harassment cases and hell suicide things at work and all this crazy stuff that that was written in these documents right if those don't come to light do these people even get the opportunity even though they've been qualified well in her case for probably two decades you know i think that's the other discussion to have is like is this only happening because it's become a priority due to all these other things which sucks if it is but hey at least they're getting a chance and then we get to see, okay, are they better than the people that, than their predecessors, right? Give them a shot. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for may, Maybe you don't like Nicki Minaj and your Call of Duty, but lots of people did. They sold a bunch of those. I think one year they had a thing where you could buy Snoop Dogg as your, uh, I guess, in-game narrator. Again, while it may be too urban for some of the quads listeners, people love Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is a diehard gamer. If you ever seen Snoop Dogg with his with his Madden games aren't going the way they're supposed to, it makes sense. It's a perfect we, we, crossover. We know those crossover things work though because I think it was two years ago we had the New Day in Gears of War, right? And they got like the full to do in the game, right? And they and they even wore the Gears of War inspired like gear to the ring or whatever as part of the crossovers like that. Because you cool. know if you get a celebrity like that, they are going to be worth every penny you paid them. They're going to put your brand again on a WWE paper. You're going to be seen by millions and millions of people. So yeah. They got every, then I'm sure Call of Duty got every penny from having Nicki Minaj, Snoop Dogg, yeah, it might not be the thing you like, but if you don't like the skin, you don't have to buy it. But, and also, I think, and we've talked about this before, you know, the representation being a thing matters. And not even, not even just in the sense of like, oh, I need to see somebody like me. But like we've talked about it before is that if you don't see anyone like you, yeah, the question starts to become why. Right. It's not that I'm only going to do this because there's a black woman in charge or there's some black guy that's like your big streamer or whatever. It's just like, if I don't see anyone like me doing anything big or important, is there a reason? Right. We've, we've talked about it before. Actually, in one of my other discords, I was in came up this week where some people are saying, man, I wish more people of color were streaming over on kick. And it's like, well, seeing as how people who owns a portion of it goes on and, does everything from support Nazi ideals to literally 
showing porn to his viewers, who many of them happen to be kids, and is still streaming on the platform, some of us ain't going to want to be streaming over there and have that be part of our followers. Kick has decided that they give no ifs. And I mean, that is a marketing marketing strategy, to be clear. There are entire, there are studies that, that can't be done and I'm sure have been done. Like Mar- Spike oh, yeah. TV a few years ago wanted to be a television for men. And I mean, it wasn't that men should be going to the opera. It was <laughs> the lowbrow. What do mm-hmm. men like? Apparently they like watching people get hit in the balls. They like watching but, naked women by but Spike you know, TV's rationale. I'll say this for Kick, though. Like, that's that example of when we don't see other people like us, people start asking why. Right? And then we uncover some things. We go, oh, that's why. All right, cool. Then I'm staying away, too. But if you clean it up and you get a couple of people in there, we're like, oh, okay, well, this person thinks it's all right. Well, okay, maybe I'll check it out. Or maybe I'll stream once or twice here and see what the, the feedback's like or whatever. And then it becomes a thing. So I get why they're making these efforts, right? To show like, no, we do understand there's a diverse customer base, that there are people enfranchised in our game that are multiple backgrounds. And we're even appointing someone to a higher position that understands all that. So yeah, so good for her, man. Hope she makes a pile of money doing it. All right, so (laughs) this one's kind of funny. I I brought this up. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I introduced some people to a character that is now long gone, which we discovered when I was trying to find a video, I think got wiped from the Magic Gathering official account. Now there's other, there's other versions of it that exist where people have like saved it, reposted it, whatever. But there was a character that went by Wooberg. And for those you don't know, like if you put the magic colors phonetically, they use W-U-B-R-G. Phonetically, you say it, it sounds like Wooberg. So that's what they named the character, which makes sense. So, so far, not that bad. Right, it's a it's a purplish puppet, kind of almost the color of uh, Grover from Sesame Street, kind kind of that color if I remember right. It has like a big nose, big eyebrows, like kind of done up like a, a Henson Muppet, effectively. So you're but, already... but he dressed kind of <laughs> trendy, had like a backwards cap and like baggy yeah. shirt, you know oh, that God. sort of thing. <laughs> oh, this just sounds... Yeah, now now we're starting to go down the road where you're like, yeah, you see yeah. where this goes. This is not good, right? And he was part of some promotional videos that I'm not 100% sure who they were targeting. They they did some stuff like, here's how you interact at events. Here's how to, like, registering and going to a Friday Night Magic or whatever. But the way they designed the character, it was way too edgy for what it was trying to be. Like, at one, if I remember right, in one video, he had, like, stolen something. And he had this, like, friend. I don't remember if they were roommates or just, like, friends that did stuff or whatever. But it was like the actual human companion, all right, to the, to the puppet. And the humans just like literally constantly just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you like this? Like, did you just steal something? Like, why do you have pancakes stuffed in somebody's bag? Like, just like absurd things. And I'm just like, who wrote this? Like, this why is the 90s, is this? wasn't it? I think, yeah, it had very late night, early 2000, like in that window. So many bad. I think it was early 2000s because I want to say it was like. Okay. 15 so it'd been around like 07 ish okay. 08 something like that but Surprised somebody inspired by like south park exactly 90s type aesthetic but dude he had like foul language and i'm just like and it, and it was weird from a, a marketing perspective because the person you're marketing it to isn't the person that needs those videos most likely 
And the person who needs those videos don't need that type of marketing, <laughs> right? Like it's it's misaligned totally. So like if you were being funny and you were going after like the hardcore grognards, like super competitive, guy, okay, then kind of maybe, you know, that would at least align a little bit. But yeah, this was totally done completely wrong. But I had to dig around to find videos because like I said, they're they're off the core side as far as I could tell. There are a couple, and I don't know, maybe I'll link one in the in the show notes or whatever, but you can look it up. Just look up foul mouth puppet wizards and you'll find <laughs> it. Like that that'll at least get you on the right path. There's a fun but, Google search for oh, a foul yeah. mouth puppet wizard. But it's just the most weird, like it's that weird, you know, because like I get it in the beginning when you were trying to promote the Pro Tour and they did those like commercials on ESPN and MTV and whatever. Like, okay, you're kind of trying to figure out your market, whatever. When we're post 2000s, like, there's no reason for Wooberg to exist. They're just not. Like, he he just did not make sense on any level. And they tried to bring him back later because I think he helped promote, like, maybe was it War of the Spark or something? Maybe, no, that's too recent. There was some other set. They brought him back to try to do something. And it was, like, toned down. Like, you could tell somebody was like, well, we already commissioned the puppet and everything. We got to use them for some stuff. Let's let's dig this out. And it was toned down quite a bit from oh. the early stuff. But it eventually they just quit using them. It was obviously just misused in a bunch of different ways. That, that sounds like the most theater thing ever. We already commissioned the puppet. Yeah, exactly. We got to do the show now. But yeah, it, it was a mess. It was a mess. Uh, other fun things, because I and I don't know if I ever shared this on the show. Brian didn't remember it, so maybe, maybe I didn't. But in a semi-related thing, which is also hilarious, when I was at Wizards, I was told, uh, well, okay, full story. I was on the trade marketing team, and we sent stuff to retailers, constantly trying new stuff. And we were sending notes on how to use it. But we're like, hey, what if we just do a live stream so we can help the retailers get more out of the stuff that's coming in the kit? So if they have questions, they can ask directly. We can give them ideas on what to do with it, whatever. So everybody wins, right? It's like a one-hour stream. We do it once every three or four months when a new kit goes out. Awesome got immediately shut down. Like, we were told, I guess, edict from Hasbro, there will be no live stream. My bosses did not even want to entertain it. So, my first thought is, for those who don't believe it, like, Hasbro doesn't tell Wizards a lot of what to do because Wizards markets to a whole different audience than the rest of Hasbro. And you're mostly told, like, hey, what you're doing is working. You know what works. As long as it's not crazy, you know, go for it. Or it doesn't cost a pile of money that you got to get approved, right? So, the fact that it was just instant shut down, I was like, okay, What's up? Like, why is there just no live streams? Because this is a piece of technology we should be using that we're just not, and this feels weird. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, possibly partially related to, uh, there was a period of time where Wizards employees weren't allowed to stream at all. And I'm wondering if this was connected to that in some way. Because after we started doing this, eventually that rule got changed. So interesting. But anyway, me being me, I decided I got a deep dive, right? Because I'm not, I'm not accepting that. Like when you never, you rarely interfere. And then this is like a hardcore edict where everybody knows we don't do this thing, but nobody wants to explain why, because nobody knows why. So it's kind of like that whole story about like you add more monkeys to the pile than the new monkeys get beat up going for a thing because the other monkeys have already been punished, but the new monkeys don't know why they're just following along with the other ones say that's sort of what this felt like. So anyway, I do a deep dive and eventually find the only thing I could describe it as is a Hasbro mishmash fever dream on, on the internet. And if you find me, if you're in our Discord or you find me on socials, just send me a message. I'll, I'll link you to the video. But 
basically, this is the premise of the video. And none of this is made up. This is legitimately what the video is. I, I've seen it. I still can't believe I saw <laughs> it, but I did see it. He showed it. It's a small room, just one color. It's just like an orange room and some blinds. I don't know why the blinds are in the shot, but they're in there. And they even get hit and make noise, which is weird. But anyway, it's a Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head costume. Legitly. It's, it's just in the costumes, and there's a Monopoly man in a costume. And then at some point, he counts down quietly. There's no sound, by the way. Like, there's no music. There's yeah, no narrative. Yeah, wearing full costumes. Yeah, like, like a, you like just a mascot. come into this video with people in a costume with no explanation. And then he silently counts down, and they just start bashing a Hungry Hungry Hippos board for, like, I don't know, 20 seconds. And it's just them. And because they're in the outfits, they can't even look at the board. So they're, like, sideways smashing the board. So it's even more awkward. Eventually, they just stop. There's no real reason why they stop. They just stop. There's like a, I don't even know what you call it, like a they're, dance they're break tired by Monopoly to, Man. So they're, <laughs> they're tired because like, those uh, those costumes are not comfortable. Well, they're probably hot as hell. Yeah. So the Monopoly Man just starts dancing, celebrating something. Then they go back to smashing the board some more. And again, there's no narrative. So you have no ideas of what the hell's even happening in this video. They, they smash the board some more. You're thinking somebody smoked too much crack. That's what it's Then eventually they're like doing the like happy jump up and down dance or whatever. And I swear to God, Monopoly Man reaches in his pocket and makes it rain Monopoly money. <laughs> Which I'm like, what is even going on? Like, I don't even know what we're celebrating. I don't know what happened. There's no like, you can see the hunger on your hippos board, just marbles falling out. Like, nobody even knows what. And then it just ends. There's like, there's no resolution. Like, what are, like, I'm like, I don't even know what we were promoting. I don't know what you would Wooberg use. was behind this, clearly. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's no, literally, no narrative, no nothing. And when I found this, I am being dead serious. I just stared at my computer for like a good three, four minutes. Because I'm like. How? Like, my question, I had so many questions. Like, how did this happen? Who scripted it? You told it? me it was insane, like, but I was not like, prepared <laughs> what, to like, see you. So, the next day, I legitly walked into the office. And I was like, hey, we need to have a meeting, because I know why we're not doing live streams. <laughs> and they were like, what? Like, yeah. So, we had a meeting, and I showed it to my team. And I was like, look, if we do anything even close to this, you won't even have to worry about firing me because I'm just not coming to work the next day. <laughs> like, I'm going to know I'm fired. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no question. I'm not coming to work being like, why are you mad? Like, I, you won't even, like, my stuff will already be cleaned out on the way home the day before. <laughs> like, this will not be a problem. I feel like I should be fired just for watching it. Exactly. It's, it's so it's bad. Ridiculous. It is so bad. But anyway, after that, Everybody's like, yeah, I get it. So well, they we're going to find it. out Elon Musk or somebody created it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All our stuff's going to get shut off tomorrow. So we made made a, an argument, explained what we want to do with live streams. That's absolutely nothing like that. First step, and nothing like that. It worked out well. We did it regularly. They still do it today. They still use it to talk to retailers. Whatever. Everybody's happy with it. So one of those things, another thing I got changed just because I did a deep dive, found out why. But yeah, that's... It's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that stuff is out there in the world. So if you ever wonder why your company says something can or can't be done, you might want to dive in and find out why. There's usually a story that way precedes you <laughs> and probably even the people above you that they don't even know. And then when you find it, you're like, oh, that's the thing. 
But yeah, that was a crazy time. But anyway, let's get into some of these topics. All right, so this one's tough, right? Because, and we talked about this in the opener, that there's there's some lying issues to talk about here, some reputation issues, as people want to make it. But for those who don't know, competitive commander is a thing. People play for prizes, and there's a whole system on how you pair people and all that. But they were doing a tournament this past week on Spell Table, which is a little bit weird to do at a competitive card game thing physically, but, you know, people are doing it. It's their whole community. Let them have at it. But then apparently... Uh, and I'm not going to, the person's already gotten a ton of messages on Twitter or whatever, so I'm not going to post it or give you their name. Like, that's already too much as it is. But this person comes on, they were a person in this pod, and were upset because the best I could tell from what I could see and then their explanation was at some point during this turn, the person says, I don't think I can win anyway here or whatever. A couple of actions get taken, he takes a couple of actions, and then ends up winning the game. And this player who posted ends up being really mad saying, oh, so I guess it's worth it to ruin your reputation for a win in the game or whatever, and just lying to the other players. And I must say, this is the only time I've spoken about this publicly. I've had a bunch of people share it with me because they know I'm on the Commander Advisory Group and all that. I will tell you, most of us in the Commander Advisory Group, we don't give a damn, honestly. But I figured I'd use the show to speak on it. And it's the fact that in a competitive environment, those social rules and constructs aren't the same, right? The only rule within competitive anything is as long as you're doing stuff within the rules, right? Like, and even judges came on and said, well, if they're not lying about any publicly available information, then that's your fault, right? Hell, in 1v1 command or, or magic, if there's a board state and I tell my opponent, well, I guess if you attack me with everything, I'm dead. And then they do it. And I'm like, well, I can pick off these two guys and now I'm at two. Right? Like, they might be mad, but they're they're lost, right? I didn't do anything that wasn't in the rules. I just convinced them to attack me with everything. Is it a little shady? Sure. But you're not breaking any rules. And they're like, oh, so then the next time they play with somebody, they're going to know they lied or whatever. And I was like, well, that's how social that's games fine. work. It's a, but the reality is, when you're a poker player and you get known for bluffing a lot, well, now you know that they know you bluff a lot, right? So you use, use that to your advantage, right? Like, even in this person's situation, if I thought other people were going to be suspicious of me of what I said, I might make a couple of other statements that lead you to believe something else is not true now because you don't trust me, right? Like, that's now a tool I have in my arsenal. It sounds crazy, but it's a tool I have in my arsenal now. If you're smart enough to use it that enjoyable way. Enjoyable about social games is like, hey, what do they have? Do, do they, you know, can, can we trust this person? That's what's, that's and what's hell, great about it. I've played a ton of board games where you have to lie about things or you trick somebody because that's the only way you can win or whatever, right? You got to hide your identity in the game. They're, so they're you're like, I'm not the threat. They're the threat. I haven't yeah. hit you at all. Now, don't get me wrong. If this is a casual pod and you're just lying to people when there's nothing at stake, You'd be like, dude, really? Like, that was kind of effed up. You know what I mean? Like, there was no reason for that. But when we're playing with something where there's prizes on the line, and I paid an entry fee and whatever, then like, sure. Would I be a little bothered that some dude lied? I'd be like, oh, you had it in hand the whole time, you bastard. Gosh, damn it. You know, whatever. But I'm not going to be angry about it. Like, you got me to do something you needed just so you could win. Or even crazier, like, what if the situation comes up where 
I tell you I can't necessarily do a thing or whatever, but then you taking an action would create a situation where I can't win at all. So should I hold to this agreement or whatever to not have any chance at all to win? Then you're going to be mad that I told you that because you were going to steal the win because you thought I couldn't do it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. When you're playing competitively. Here's where competitive commander is already kind of a weird thing that would seem to go against what commander is supposed to be. Yeah, of course. They decided to do it that way. Yeah, you 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 change. Yeah, you can't change the whole structure of the game and then say like, hey, you know, this isn't within the social, you know, you, you already destroyed the regular social norms of what Commander is by making it a competitive thing and putting prizes on the line. Yeah, the whole social construct changes when you go from casual to competitive. Like, there's all kinds of things that change about how much you let somebody take back or who you're going to attack or not or how you threat assess. Because, like, in a casual game, I might just be like, you know what, I kind of want to see your deck pop off a little bit, so, like, I'm not going to attack you for a couple turns, whatever. Competitive thing, I might be like, oh, sucks you only got three land, but I got to get rid of you because, you know... You're the weak target, you know? So it's just different. So I I couldn't be mad about it. And the person seemed very defensive. And there were a few people, a handful of folks that were to the point. Matter of fact, one guy's comment was something like, well, judging from these comments, a bunch of Magic players would be okay with everything Hitler did as long as he did it at a competitive setting. And I'm like, wow, that is not the same as what people are saying at all. Mm. (laughs) Like, Like, bruh, what? Like, you've lost it, man. And I, he, the original poster didn't say that. Somebody else responding that agreed with him was, was saying that. But it was just silly. They're just, in I, general, people jump to the Hitler analogy way too soon. And in situations when it does, pretty much unless you're talking about Nazis, you don't need the Hitler analogy. Well, you know, as a football example, because, you know, we're both fans of football. There were players talking about this season that played for the Patriots that they were taught hey, if somebody's wearing a jersey that's similar to our team colors, then you get some gloves that match the color of the jersey. So let's say you were playing against the Chiefs, who are red. You would wear red gloves, so it's harder to see as linemen when you might be holding the other linemen. You know, and is it a little bit shady? Sure, but it's within the rules. <laughs> right, like and You're playing for millions of dollars. Like you don't you don't have to wear certain color gloves, but by wearing it, you know it's harder for the referees. Because yeah. hold the thing about the NFL is holding happens almost every play. Like mm-hmm. we know that's a thing. It's just the nature of humans being humans and grabbing each other, or whatever. But it's harder to see when you can't see the hand placement clearly. Yep. <laughs> right. And so I, they, I remember they got the fewer holding calls. Here at a story where one of the players, I guess, either forgot or for whatever reason just wore nor- some color other than what everybody else was wearing and got caught. Did the co- coach Belichick said, like, Well, the green gloves, huh? And he's like, yep. What do you expect? So, again, like, are the other teams going to be mad that you wore red gloves because they were wearing the red home jerseys or whatever? Like, no, it's within the rules and they understand that. You know what I mean? Like, they could do it too, you know, if they wanted to. So, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to be upset about it. Like, I, again, it's a competitive thing. It's, it's again, if you're not doing anything outside of the rules, then whatever. You know, and without like, oh, knowledge well, of everybody else's hand, you can't say whether you can win or not. Because if you're going against four or five people, can you win? Yeah, I mean, it, again, sure. Or you might having... say that, and then a thing changes because yeah. somebody took an extra, got rid of a certain card, and now you're like, oh crap, I could steal the win now. You know, like maybe that's yeah, a thing. exactly the game state can change every because it's magic. Everybody can play on anybody else's turn, so anything can happen. 
but you know, people were also saying, well, no, it's a reputation thing or whatever. I said, well, if, and this is my personal view, I'm not going to put this on anybody else, but if you are upset in a competitive environment that somebody did something that was within the rules to get an edge, then I don't think it's a them problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. You may not trust that person in the future, but hell, I've played diplomacy with friends that had to backstab somebody to try to win. And when you play the next game, one of them still holding some anger for about six months. <laughs> like, you know, like doesn't trust them when we play in that game. That happens. Yeah. That's a risk you take. That's part person. of how these games work. Werewolf. Am I gonna... Like the whole werewolf is to see who's the best liar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Werewolf, coup, any of those like he, deduction games. But part of my thing too is I'm not going to hold that against that person outside of a magic game. Now, if we get back to play another game of Commander and we're in a competitive pod and I see you, I'm like, I have to decide how much I want to trust you based on how I know how competitive you are now, right? But if we go to do something else or we're just hanging out or playing another casual game, I'm not going to hold that over you. Like, the environment's completely different. Now, if you were outright cheating, then we got a different problem. You know, but nah, I, I don't know. It was interesting to see how big a discourse it became, though, because I almost felt like a bunch of the people have either not done a bunch of other competitive things or they only mostly play Magic and they don't really have anything to relate it to is what it felt like based on a lot of... And I could be wrong, you know, but it just felt like a lot of the people that did side with the original poster felt kind of came off that way. And maybe unintentionally, they didn't even realize it, but they sort of came off that way. But a lot of other people are just like, yeah, it sucks you lost, but they didn't do anything wrong. So, eh. I don't know. I've had people make way worse actions in games that I didn't hold over to them later, you know? And again, if you're cheating, whole different discussion. But that, nah, it's political. It's a multiplayer game. Person did what they had to do to get the win. You know, like, I can't be mad about it. Oh, I was in the... Have you ever played the Battlestar Galactica game? Because it's similar to, like, where... Oh, gosh. The, uh, Only a couple games. times, because that game takes a long time. It does. <laughs> and there was a case where I was, you know, for everybody that hadn't played it, but you start out with finding out whether you're, uh, you know... There's one round if you're not the traitor, then I think three or four, basically halfway through the game, there's another round of cards where, okay, like the TV show, you can you can think you're a human, but find out you're a Cylon robot and everything else changes. And one of my friends had been making like, you know, every every action, assuming I was on his side, because for the fourth, first four turns of the game, I was. I didn't become a Cylon until... <laughs> midway through and it's like ah you know and you feel like yeah i got cheated but again i didn't dude even crazy in that game like you can have other you can convince other people to believe other people are cylons when you are yeah throw them out the airlock or worse there's a bunch of people who just accuse somebody of being a cylon when they're not right (laughs) right like that's the thing so like you can't be mad about it because again the people are doing what they need to do within the rules to try to win the game. Like, nothing wrong with that. Now, later on, you might be like, damn, you had me convinced the whole time. So the next time you play a social deduction game, you might not trust the person because you know how good they are at hiding their identity. But again, if we just walk away and go do something else, I ain't going to hold that over you. That's not a reputation thing. That's just, when we're back in this environment, I now know something new about you. You know, and that's okay. 
Oh, man. Okay. So let's hit up something else here. Like, we started seeing some previews. I say previews. Spoilers is what they were. Of Outlaws at Thunder Junction, Commander decks, and the Arena Bundles that you'll be able to order. And part of the reason some of this information got out there is because Wizards of the Coast shared some things with retailers. Now, not all of it. This came from multiple sources. But one of the stuff around the Commander decks and stuff was shared with retailers. And this was Wizards trying to do a thing where retailers said, hey, it'd be nice if we can get some advanced information so we could get our systems updated, so we can kind of know what's coming, so we can get an idea of how much we need to order, whatever. Immediately, and I mean, I'm not even sure it was two hours. It was probably less than that. Wow. Information started showing up online. Like, literally, it's like somebody opened their email and then went, I'm going to go post this on Reddit or wherever, right? And it's like, this is why, even all the way back when I was still a retailer, and when I was working at Wizards, working with retailers, and still talking to retailers today, that I say Wizards just cannot share information with retailers because they're not professional enough. Period. And people take that personally. People, But everybody who's in the industry who's been around a while who understands that 100% agrees. But this is why you can't. So I like, always say, if two world, people know a secret, that is one too many. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say this, though, right? In a perfect world, Wizards would be able to give at least the key information, even if not all the cards in the set. Like, But all the key information to retail partners, WPN stores, whatever, they can have all their information. They can have an idea of how big the set is, you know, what the different products are going to offer, having them, whatever, and they can make some business decisions going to pre-order, whatever. Unfortunately, because they can't hold on to that information, they end up having to have these situations where, like, they have to make pre-orders just as like preview season starting or whatever. And it's, it's kind of tough and like it leads to problems. But the only other solution really is basically saying, once we give this to people, we don't get to preview this stuff. Like everything around it that we want to market is dead unless we just want to break their whole system and then just send it early. But then you're not giving the retailers anything early anymore. You're just putting the information out and then now they have to know when the people know, Right. And now, will some people from the WPN probably be removed or whatever when they figure out who it is? Yeah, probably. But it shouldn't even have to be that, right? Like, if you are a business professional and a company you work with, whether it's Wizards, Games Workshop, Nintendo, whoever, gives you some information to help you do your job, you should hold on to that information. (laughs) Like, why are you out there posting it to the public? Like, and I'm, a, I think I talked about this maybe on one of the early episodes. So a lot of new listeners probably haven't heard it, but there was a time when the first, uh, Zendikar was coming out and that's the one where they inserted the old magic cards or whatever, right. That you could open up like black lotuses and whatever in regular Zendikar boosters. And to this day, I'm still not going to throw them under the bus. Cause I don't even know if there was an NDA or whatever on it, but one of my contacts at one of my distributors, because I'm close with a lot of people that I ordered from, whatever, he calls me up and says, hey, I need you to call me at this time on my cell phone. Here's my number. And I'm like, dogs giving me like, first call after hours, right? So I'm like, oh, man. And I'm thinking he's just going to tell me he's going to another company. You know, I'm going to set up some accounts wherever he moves or whatever, right? That's what I'm thinking is going to go down. So... I call him like, yes, or whatever. He says, okay, hey, cool. I need you to get somewhere private so we can talk. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go into the office. And he's like, hey, I can't tell you any specifics. But I can tell you that with this next set coming, 
whatever you're ordering, you probably want to order another like 20% or so, maybe more. And it's going to be something big in this one, but I can't tell you what it is. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's all he had to say. Like, he knows I trust him. I've shared information with him. He shared information with me. Like, we're on good terms. So I'm like, all right. So what I did is I just went to my community and said, hey, I have a pretty good authority. The set's going to be pretty hot. So if y'all hadn't got pre-orders in, you probably want to get something in, whatever. And that's all I did. I didn't say where it came from. I didn't say why it was going to be hot. Nothing. Like, I was as vague as I could be and still help my people out. And that's it. And I didn't say a word about it after that. And then as it came out to what was up, I was like, cool. I sent him a thank you message. You know, like, cool. Thanks. Talk. He got a few more orders out of me and we were good. I wasn't going to go telling people like, well, my guy called me and he said, you know, like, why? Why would you do that? Right. Somebody's trying to help you do your job better. And it benefits him. Right. If I order more, he's his. I'm sure he has like commissions or whatever. And he gets better, whatever. Like, cool. But even in that scenario where I'm sure he probably called all of probably five or 10 people tops. Like I would have definitely been busting some news if I put it out there. Like, Hey, distributors are acting weird about this set. Something's going down, you know, whatever. Like, ain't no way I'm gonna do that. Plus I'm not going to blow up one of my contacts because of that. You know what I mean? Like that's even worse. Like I don't want something blowing back on him. And then now I'm cut off from information. Like that's terrible. So like, yeah. So, you know, same thing. We had that whole thing where, some pro players got banned because they had information because they wrote for a magazine and then they went and shared it with a bunch of their pro player friends. And it's just like, dog, you're getting paid for this other job. Like, why would you do that? And then people asked me and I said, dude, y'all don't even understand. Cause at that time I was writing for like scribe magazine, Pojo website, whatever. And I was like, I have information all the time. Y'all just never know. Cause I don't bring it up. Cause I'm paying my, I told them, how do you think when a new game comes out and I have an article in there about the game, that like it's in there three days after the game goes live, right? Like I had to have the information so I could write about it. I just didn't talk about it when we were out having dinner. Like there's no reason to bring it up. Cause I wrote stuff for like Dragon Ball Z, Raw Deal, Magic, whatever. Never once did I say anything about any of it. Like, so the fact that somebody can't hold on to information and email <laughs> with just some images and skews and whatever, it's like, dog, what are you doing? Like, that's as unprofessional as it gets. And there's no clout you're going to get from that. Like, what do you get? A bunch of upvotes on Reddit? <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, what do you You are risking, if it comes back on you, if they can backtrack it, you are risking your professional reputation, your ability to get product potentially. You know, a bunch of things could go south because you're posting this. And what's the upside? You know what I mean? It's like when we talked about that dude who like, I'm going to show off this product I got early or whatever. Like you better be banking on that upside hard because the downside is rough. You know what I mean? That's sort of what this felt like. Just people who don't care, don't pay attention. Like it's so dumb, but yeah, anyway, that information's out there. If you want to get it, I don't talk about or post spoilers. I don't do it in my discord, but the information's out there if you want to know about it, but yeah. We we should be getting Thunder Junction previews. I'm sure we'll get some at MagicCon Chicago because, you know, you're at the event. They'll show a couple of things. But previews will probably officially start in another, like, three weeks or something. But that said, we're running a little bit long, so why don't we go ahead and get into our dinner table conversation because that feels like a good segue there. But this week, we have MagicCon Chicago coming up. We mentioned it a couple of times. And that leads me to ask you a question, Brian. Do you have a memorable moment 
from attending conventions? Because I know you've been to several. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, I think the, the Titanfall reveal at E3 was pretty good. I, I, you know, obviously I wish the game had done, well, it got a sequel, so it did reasonably well, but, you know, it was never as huge as what they thought it was going to be because it essentially... It was Respawn Entertainment, the company that made it, was from a bunch of a bunch of people that used to work for Activision and worked on Call of Duty. And I guess kind of the elevator pitch is, hey, what if it what if it's Call of Duty, but your kill streak was a fifty foot robot? <laughs> like what? Now, so, dude, yeah, that was a cool thing to be there for. So what was what was the preview like for that? They, they when you got there, they had a giant. You know, replica robot in the middle of, of the Oh, so they had hall. like a 15, 20 foot mech just in the in the show floor. Yeah, so you're like, okay, nice. what is what is that about? <laughs> and, and you just know it, it's going to be something cool. And, you know, again, because that was a high profile thing when they left Call of Duty and started their own company. So, of course, we've been for, waiting for months, if not years, like, hey, what are they cooking over there? And then that's what it turned. And I will say, while well, Titanfall and Titanfall 2 didn't hit sales numbers, they, you know, looked around the industry, realized, okay, Battle Royals are the hot thing now. And Apex Legends is a Battle Royal that's set in the Titanfall universe. So it's been very successful. And they still, every time they get a chance to put a little bit more Titanfall lore in there, they do so. Like one of the characters is literally, uh, I think in Titanfall 2, you fought and unfortunately killed her father. <laughs> so she grows up and part of her uniform is pieces of his giant robot so yeah they oh, always cool. get, give a little bit of you know hey and a lot of the weapons are weapons that you could use in titanfall so they, they you know they give a bunch of shout outs to the fans and you know maybe one day we get titanfall 3 probably not but i guess we will always have apex legends and that connection to the titanfall universe Dude, so you never you, know we we remix a lot of stuff these days right? so like anything could be dug up <laughs> Very few times that you see somebody get to do it, you know, can't, can't have a game franchise that didn't do what they wanted to do, but then kind of get to pivot into what the hot new thing is and do it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I've been to a ton of conventions. Hell, I've run conventions. Um, it, it, for me, I would say, I guess if there's a real memorable moment, it's actually more recent. It's from, uh, I believe it was Minneapolis. We were at that that uh event and oh no it wasn't minneapolis it was the one before that it wasn't vegas it was the one that was between vegas and minneapolis i can't remember what city it was but i had a had a player a fan really come up to me i think i told you about this where he comes up and he he hands me a, a secret layer like one of the smaller ones that came in, in the smaller envelopes and, he, and i'm like hey what's up and he's like oh this is for you and i was like are you sure? Because I didn't order anything from anybody and I'm pretty sure nobody owes me a secret layer. And then he goes into the story about how he was going through something in the hospital and he was in there for, I think he said sometime between two and three months. And he watched my videos every day because I had such a big library and he wasn't able to go and play magic with his friends or whatever. So he just was trying to find a creator that, you know, was chill to listen to for that long. And apparently from his hospital bed, he just watched my videos. And that's how he built up a connection with my stuff and who I was. And I was just like, oh, that's crazy. You know, and he's kind of teary eyed. And 
I'm trying not to cry because, you know, I'm just like, because I'm in the middle of this, like talking to people or whatever. And I'm just like, bro, we're, we're doing this right now. Like, <laughs> like, man, really? You know, but it, it was cool because especially, you know, with the number of bits of content I put out, like you don't know who's paying attention or if, you, if anything matters to anybody or, you know, you get a few comments here or there and you just kind of hope you're fulfilling something for people. But it was cool to just have this person come up like complete stranger that I didn't know that he'd apparently bonded with my content for a quarter of a year to the point that he wanted to come like personally gift me something for helping him get through like a bad medical situation, which was crazy. You know, so I that just sat with me for a while because, you know, it, I mean, and not to his fault. I mean, it did kind of like mess my mood up a little bit, but like for a positive. But it was just like, you know, you're just like, damn, somebody was possibly dying in a hospital watching my stuff and that helped him recover or whatever like that's crazy you know like and i'm just making videos playing games and talking about nerd stuff or whatever you know it's like wild so you know that that's probably if it's not the most it's definitely a top five for me you know even with all the stuff i've done because it's just it was one of those weirdly moving things that was completely unexpected and probably like the first time I would say like, okay, I'm not there yet, but you kind of start seeing the the celebrity effect you have on people, you know, and it's just like, okay. And I sort of was aware of it, but that kind of made it real to where like, okay, I have to start paying attention to this stuff more, right? Because it's already impacting people. And I didn't even think, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking the bar is way up here and I'm still way down here. And it's like, oh crap, maybe I'm closer to here. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm more in the middle. I'm a little higher than I thought. And it's starting to affect people. So, yeah, it was it was a cool moment, though. And I still have have the secret layer that it gave me, which is pretty cool. But yeah, that's that's probably the one. But anyway, on that note, now that I've made everybody cry, why don't you show everybody how they can find you on social media? I am Brian Sonic on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And if you happen to be listening to this in time, so I'm probably loading this from my hotel in Chicago. So if I'm there and you're there, come find me. Say hi. But otherwise, wherever you are watching or listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. Remember to be awesome. And most importantly, remember to be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash color of magic you can also find us on facebook under color of magic and if you want to follow us along at twitter you can find us there at color of mtg and as always please share the podcast around to your friends your network people you think might enjoy it because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base 